Teeny, episode 82. On today's show, Steffi meets a scary old friend and explores the Sunday sads. Simone delves into the link between empathy and political leanings, and some people really love the smell of colon. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong, Simone? I'm dong okay, just barely, yeah. because uh, on my way home from work today, listener, remember, I'm I'm pregnant, uh, I was rear-ended, and it was so upsetting. It I was? was um, I'm okay, I'm okay, but like, I didn't know at first, like, well, when, the guy hit me twice. Were you alone? <laughs> I was alone, yeah, I was just driving back, and, um, and I'd come around this corner, and I'd come to a stop, and I was sort of looking at the traffic, and sort of assessing, the, you know, the heaviness of the traffic. And then just BAM! This car hits me, then just BAM again. I thought someone else had hit him, but it was that somebody, that suddenly his brake didn't engage properly. So then it like, I don't know how, but he ended up hitting me twice. Wow. And both times, like, I just flew forward from like, you know, the halfway down the spine. And then like, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, yeah. I was just like so worried something was going to happen to the baby. And I and I used to work in insurance. Yeah, yeah. You know, like rear-enders are just whatever. Like people call up with a rear-ender. It was very hard for me to conjure a lot of sympathy. I mean, I wouldn't be a jerk, but I wouldn't be like <laughs> thinking, I wouldn't never think that anything serious had happened because sure. they would just run of the mill. Even for people who didn't work in insurance, they're pretty run-of-the-mill, you know? So, mm. but because of the pregnancy, I oh, lost yeah. it. And I just started sobbing like oh my god this is it this is it it's i'm oh. gonna lose the baby, lose the baby. Oh. i was so sad i was just crying and crying and crying and it came to me and i'm like ah, oh. i'm pregnant like i just like you're gonna feel fucking bad for this you jerk you oh, know no. yeah and oh. he was really sorry he was really nice and yeah and um we exchanged the information and then and then like i was just trying to like calm down and think okay let's just get all this done and I can go home and go to the see, to see a doctor if I need to yeah. so um, yeah so then I calmed down exchanged details and then a little guy started kicking again it's yeah. like good okay, on you little guy <sighs> what's that? good yeah it's like he was like don't worry don't, 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 don't worry I'm fine oh my gosh so, so I was awesome. so happy and then yeah, so um, so still kind of like he was like, "Are you sure you're okay to drive?" Because I was so hysterical at first. Mm. <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, I was totally fine pretty quickly once he started kicking again. I was like, because okay. I knew nothing. Like, I didn't have any impact with my belly or anything. Like, yeah. I didn't hit the steering wheel or anything like oh, that. Good. So I'm like, yeah. So and then and then when I got home, I called the doctor and and, and went over everything. It's like the airbags didn't inflate and I didn't hit anything, hit the wheel with my belly, and there was no contractions or bleeding or anything. So it's like, oh, okay. Good. It should be okay. You can go in for lab- go to labor and delivery, and you can be under four hours observation if you need. But you know, it's, yeah. up, it's your call. And I was like, I feel fine. And he's like, Okay, oh, you should be fine. Oh, good. I was like, Thank goodness for that. But oh. yeah, so that that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, so it's so that stressful. really sucked. Yeah. I, so. uh, I remember yeah. like when I was pregnant with Lolly, I had 
cleaned the refrigerator and turned off the fridge because I would have it open for a lot the door open for a long time and then I forgot to turn it back on and then I like drank milk or something the next day that had been in this unplugged freezer fridge or whatever for 12 hours and I freaked Uh out when I realized what I'd done I called the yeah. doctor and I'm like, oh, and I like seriously thought my baby was going to die <laughs> because yeah. I've done that. Like your mind just goes to the worst place. And, um, I know. It must be yeah. worse now. Like must be, I don't know. Cause I mean, guess that was, you know, what, eight years ago that you were pregnant with Lolly. But I mean, things are so much more Googleable now and you can find something to tell yes. you everything. Like Greg was giving me Brazil nuts because he read in this book that Brazil nuts are one of the best things you could eat when you're pregnant. Oh, so I was like, awesome. And then the other day he read that about papaya. So he like, you're going to eat this papaya. I'm like, okay. And so like, I ate the papaya. And then he's like, he, he Googles it to rattle off the health benefits to me. And the first thing that comes up, why it's dangerous to eat papaya while pregnant. It's like, oh. God damn it. Like, <laughs> and so he's like, he's like kind it? of like panicking and like trying so hard to like find things that say it's That's okay. So it's like, but, you get so many, and the same with Brazil nuts. There are things saying Brazil nuts are just to be avoided, and things saying that it's the best thing ever. Yep. It's so hard. But I know early on I ate some Mexican cheese. Like I just had a bite of it because I really wanted to taste it, and really mm-hmm. not supposed to eat Mexican cheese. And then I couldn't sleep that night. I was tossing and turning, like, I'm going to have a stillborn. I'm going to have a stillborn because I had Mexican cheese. It wasn't that good. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> And then I Googled it and read people saying, I eat it all the time and, you know, avoid it if, you know, it should be avoided, but it's not the end of the world. And then I read that and I calmed down. <laughs> so, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But the internet is a pregnant lady's worst enemy. <laughs> it, yeah. For anybody, like I, I, I never go on WebMD just being normal. I'm like, if I have a headache, then I'm going to think it's an aneurysm or something like that. Yeah, seriously. Uh. Oh, oh boy. But anyway, my day at work until that happened was uh, just kind of I'm actually working at a trade show so I was downtown but um, mm-hmm. there was a guy that came through this is in, in the textile garment industry mm-hmm. and he looked like Tim Gunn and I was like oh! and then like he had the same kind of hairstyle and he had little glasses and this is the same sort of gait really? I was like oh my god it's Tim Gunn and then it wasn't and I'm just like that guy just walks around disappointing people <laughs> everywhere he goes <laughs> People think, oh my god, it's Tim Gunn. And plus, I was in a place that Tim Gunn would be, you oh, know, at a, so at, a, at, a, at a fashion, you know, yeah. center in downtown. Of course. So, I was like, oh, that guy. But um, I didn't, because I told, I told my coworkers um, later, I was like, oh, did you see this guy that looked like Tim Gunn? And they totally did. And one <laughs> of them overheard him saying in a very Tim Gunn voice to his partner, oh, now you need a bag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned. (laughs) I think that's my favorite thing that he says. Yes, I'm concerned. Oh, but the last season where he was telling uh, telling the designer that uh, what they made looked like a maxi pad. That was <laughs> it. Looks like an ode to the maxi pad. That's what it was. The best line he ever said. I need to watch that season. Oh, I hate that not having cable. <laughs> you can watch it on the website. So, oh, is, it, is are they really all on the website? They're on the website like the next day. What? Are they still archived yes. and everything? I don't know if the old ones are, but you can watch the current ones the next day. Weird. Bravo is so weird. Like, oh, that's because it's on Lifetime now. It's on Lifetime. It's on Lifetime now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bravo are dicks about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
can't watch now, any of my real housewives. Now tell housewives. me about uh, what's that? I can't watch any of my real housewives the next day. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Um, <laughs> Um, now, uh, tell me about your weekend. I understand you bumped into an old friend. <laughs> okay. Nine o'clock Saturday morning, I had a study group for this test that um, I keep failing my licensure exam that we've talked about on the show before. That's like my Moby Dick. I'm going after it again and again, and it keeps <laughs> fucking me in the ass. So anyway, I was getting up on a Saturday to go to this stupid study group, and I walk in to the conference room and it's like probably 30 women who are a little bit older than me I sit down and then I recognize this guy who used to always ride my bus and I would talk to you about him I would tweet about him I'd be like this guy does not leave me alone and his thing is he would come up to me and he's one eye is just slightly crossed and he'd go hey Stephanie <laughs> and like bless his heart, like he wants to talk, but he he would really talk like for a long time, and you know he's missing, you know, blessedly that that thing that makes you pick up on social cues when yes. someone's like got their headphones on or is texting, they don't really want to talk to you for a really long time, and so um, he was just oblivious to that. And my commute's like 25 minutes, and he would just sit there and just talk and talk and talk and talk at me and. Um, bring me cheesecake and offer me rides home and you know it, it just got a little ridiculous and so his name was Kevin and I texted you I'm like guess who's here Kevin he had gotten a new job like a couple years ago so I haven't seen him in a, in a while but he was the bane of my existence yeah. and now he's in my class so um, I'm like I'm gonna have to after the study session ends I'm gonna have to sit and talk to whoever I can for a long time because I know Kevin's gonna really hang around and ask to get me right home and so yeah. Kevin, of course, is like lurking, kind of pacing, maybe a little rain manish, and holding his books, you know, kind of walking back and forth and kind of looking over at me nervously. And, and I'm completely blocking him out, not giving him any vibes at all. And so he writes something down on a piece of paper and hands it to me. And um, yeah, I have it around here somewhere. Um, he, okay, so he puts his full name, his phone number, which he like, he, he crossed it out and then wrote it again. It was exact same. <laughs> <laughs> number that he cuts out and then he goes study session let me know thanks <laughs> I just thought that study was funny. and he's totally married or he was you know he'd always tell me about his wife Sheila <laughs> I told my coworker Sherry and she, she remembered her name she's like what will Sheila think <laughs> so you were like how old oh, is Kevin have to call him. Kevin he's probably my age maybe a little bit oh, older okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, but he, um, he gave his long bio about how he'd been in the Navy and how he was in a sea, and he was in Under Siege with Steven Seagal. He's like in the background. What? <laughs> He's like, I'm in my dress whites in the crowd scenes. <laughs> So, you know, he's like a totally nice guy, but it was just kind of, you know, you got to know him <laughs> through my story. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, Kevin's all, hey, Stephanie. <sighs> so he's back, and he doesn't have my number, but I've got his. <laughs> yep. Wow. Gosh, well, good luck with that. I look forward to hearing the, the future of this relationship. Yeah. Oh, which God. Which it is becoming my one exam. every day. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you said, what You said, what if he passes his exam on the first try? And I go, he probably will because he's so fucking tenacious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so when are you taking the exam again? I'm taking it on March 9th. 
so a couple much weeks. Nice. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cool. Good luck with that. Uh, tenth, tenth time's the charm. Uh, <laughs> better be. <laughs> So, um, so on last Friday, all this baby shit, this looking for strollers, they just do my head in. This mm-hmm. is, I think I talked about this before when the Back to the Future stroll, DeLorean stroller was presented to me. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I've been all confused about it, but I'm like, we need to, I was thinking we need to go to like Babies R Us and just test drive these bitches, you know? <laughs> so anyway... And um, at the same time, concurrently to this, we've run out of rice. And there's an Indian grocery store, you know, pretty much across the road from where the babies are us is. So I had the brilliant idea to buy a 10 pound bag of rice and then go to <laughs> babies are us and put it in the stroller. <laughs> so that's what we did. We had a 10 pound bag of rice, <laughs> just put it in all these different oh, strollers, like practicing, like so taking it out. And stuff. We had our other friends with us. We didn't strap it in. No, we kept falling out onto the ground. You guys are bad parents. (laughs) I know. Every time it fell out, I was like, oh shit, I'm a bad parent. (laughs) But um, the other thing was, like, because we we went with a couple of friends of ours who were also expecting, and we, um, so we were all, they were into it. Once I mentioned the rice thing, they were into coming along as well. And um, so we were all like carrying it on our hip, like b- b- while we were in between strollers or looking at other things. Mm-hmm. And we just kept passing it over to each other. Like nobody could st- stand holding it for very long. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, this is kind of heavy. Do you want, you want to take the baby for a while? <laughs> we just kept passing it around. <laughs> Those things get heavy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's what happens in real life, isn't it? You just get to pass it to someone else. And yeah, walk sometimes freely. if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was our that was our test driving um, with a bag of rice. But I highly recommend it. It gives you a feel of what it's like, like the weight of the capsule with a with something totally. in it. You know, like a two month old. So yeah, so, or a anyway, newborn Judah. <laughs> a newborn, I know. Oh my god, that kid. <laughs> Yikes. Now, uh, um, now that was all hilarity on my part for this weekend, but you had a sad weekend. Uh, okay, I feel like I always bring this up, so I'm just going to officially address it. I get some, what I call Sunday sad. It's my Sunday sad. Yep. It comes and visits me <laughs> on Sundays because it means <laughs> I have to start the next week. And it totally feels like when we were yes. in school, but it's like it yeah, involves yeah. the work week. Who else suffers from this and what can I do to combat it? <sighs> I don't I know. Sunday, it's always, it's like you're not even enjoying the day. Exactly. You know, even though it's a day off, you should be yes. enjoying it more because yes. it is off. But it's like, it's like shrouded in, it's like, you know, you're living with someone with a terminal illness and you can't enjoy the last That's remaining exactly. time because it's, it's shrouded analogy. in sorrow. <laughs> it's like, I know when this is going to death. end. <sighs> Ridiculous. Yeah, it sucks. That's why I'm glad I have a three-day weekend because it, you know, I, I have two days that don't feel like that instead of one day. <laughs> you yes. know. So. Yeah. So you do get it too. It's, yeah. Oh, totally, totally. I still. Sometimes it doesn't hit me because I'm so far into weekend mode that mm. it took me like halfway through Sunday. I was like, oh, it's Sunday, and it just has kind of a meh to it but I kind of have my TV shows on Sunday nights I watch The Amazing Race when that's on actually it started again and I didn't know so I have to catch oh. up um, and 
uh, so I'm the Amazing Race and the Good Wife. So when I've got my Sunday my sh- my shows, then that's kind of like something to, to look forward to to end it. Like my weekend begins Thursday night with Project Runway and it ends with the Good Wife on Sunday, you know. And I don't watch any other TV throughout the weekend. <laughs> Just oh, those interesting. things. So, yeah, so it's kind of like a nice little routine that kind of bookends the weekend. But otherwise, oh, yeah, it's just shrouded nice. in gloom. No matter how sunny and bright and happy it is, there's like a sadness over Sunday. Ugh. Yeah, and I don't know why, because, well, we go to church at four on Sunday, and I really like it, and Don and DW are always there, and then Don and DW always come home with us afterwards, and we make dinner together and just hang out, and it's so fun. But it still feels yeah. like I'm prolonging the, the sadness <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm just thinking ahead to how they're going to leave, and this—it's really fucked up. It's like you can't be in the present, and no, um, it's just like you know. If you did all of, of that on Saturday, you would enjoy it so much more. Exactly. But yeah, Friday is the best day because you know yes. that Sunday sad is two days away, but even s- Saturday is tainted <laughs> because it's one day away from the Sunday sad. Oh no! See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get get that. But gosh, when, at the end of the day on on Thursday, I feel like there's this Simpsons where they 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 finish school for spring break and and Millhouse runs out of the school and goes, "Yeah, spring break!" and just like kind of explodes. Spring break! Yeah. Well, when are we gonna get rowdy? He looks like a nut, but that's how I feel when I get out. I want to round out of work and go, yeah, weekend! <laughs> See, that's such a nice feeling. That should be yeah. celebrated. It is. It is. Oh, well, yeah, Sunday sads. I can fuck right. But there needs to be a way to conquer that and enjoy. There's something sick about that, not enjoying the moment. And exactly. Living in, in, so the, in the shitty morose. future. Yeah, it's like yeah. the opposite of how I want to live my life. <laughs> Yeah, I just have to be intentional about about this. I use the word intentional kind of ironically because it kind of annoys me when people say that. I'm like, I'm going to be intentional. But there's yeah. really no other word. It's like moist. Like, there's no other word. Damp, <laughs> damp doesn't really cut it. Uh, no. For Speaking of moist, have you uh, uh, had a change of heart about utilize? You know what? I think that um, I liked your last... Um, description of it about how you were saying that what was the example you used where you use something or someone well using something is just doing what the like most basic thing that could be done with it whereas utilizing is more like maximizing it and then the example i said is you could just use like if a guy was just using a girl to have sex with her just to just to randomly get off but utilizing her would be like you would think she had some special skill like being a gymnast or some great flexibility yeah. and he was really getting the most out of out of this this encounter there's just a speck more dignity to that in that context <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna go with that cool well i'm, I'm glad you were, were able to uh, appreciate that excellent um now on a somber note um, our friend uh, Ben Parsons from the Grapes of Rad podcast, um, he had a very, 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 very sad um, experience um, uh, recently. Um, he and his wife were expecting um, a baby, and um, in, a, uh, in an ultrasound, they found out, you know, the baby wasn't going to be able to live outside the womb. He talks about it at great length in their episode. I, that's why I wasn't really sure if we would talk about it or not, but he's talking mm-hmm. about it on the show, so... Um, Anyway, so but yeah, that was that was amazing. So yeah, so the, the the baby was born, and then you know she only lived for about an hour outside the womb, and then she died, and it was really really sad. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and um, but they, you know, they talked about it on the show, and and we both listened to it, and it was just. It was such a refreshing way to, I hate to say refreshing when you're talking about right. something so sad, but you know what I'm trying to say, to talk mean, about though. grief, you know, they, they, because you feel like you have to be so careful and tiptoe around things and act a certain way and feel a certain way about mm-hmm. everything, but Ben's handling of it was just kind of really mm-hmm. amazing, you know, and just, mm-hmm. I don't know, what, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, just more of the same because he, um, I just felt his handling of it was kind of magical. I've never seen someone approach it quite that way where he was really feeling, letting himself feel everything and, um, like humor entered into it and, um, like such deep grief and like, but also some joy I felt like when he was talking about getting to hold her in her memorial service, like it was so interesting and um i just uh i'm getting chills because you know i just sobbed and and but i also cracked up during that podcast and at different points yeah i thought um, i was just gonna be bawling the whole time and i was at mm -hmm. work and i did have to actually you know pause it and go grab a tissue and compose myself because i was at work but i I, that's what i thought the whole thing would be like but i mean you know they actually managed to make me laugh as well you know which if you haven't heard it it's hard to imagine but exactly they did yeah yeah, he did it so beautifully, and yeah. Um, but um, but I I, th- I just felt it was really helpful because he wasn't. I think a lot of people are afraid to maybe make some of the jokes that he was making, or you know, because they feel like, well, that's not cool, and I'm supposed to grieve, and this is really sad. It's like, of course, it's fucking sad. Just because you make a joke doesn't make it any less sad, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's just sort of trying to find humor where there is humor. It's like why suddenly pretend that you know there isn't humor in these places just because something bad happened you know something really really sad and i don't think i think it really showed that it doesn't take away from what happened at all it's just it's just you know yeah it really didn't um he just like so thoroughly like went over every part of it his emotional experience with it and it was completely honoring and i think he even said at one point um we have to laugh or else we'll die from the sadness and exactly. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> like Seriously. Kind of, that's kind of it in a nutshell. So. Yeah. Because I mean, you always hear about people saying, oh, but well, you got to laugh. And, you know, you if you've ever grieved with people, you know, a little joke pops in here and there. And, you know, but it was just sort of like you're really hearing it happen on this on this episode, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. And I think it was probably more humor than people even would usually even permit themselves, even when they're trying to have a laugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah. But uh, but I but I know I thought it was amazing. And I also really like Aaron was talking about um, just how he dealt with hearing about them, which is the other side of it. Is when yeah. it happens to somebody you know, just you don't know how to how to handle it, you know. And, and Aaron was really honest about about that too, which yeah. is that's another whole you know slippery subject that you know people you know don't want to talk about because it's just like Ugh, I don't know I don't know how to talk to my friend when this horrible thing happened to them and he just fucking said yeah I, I'm bad at this and I didn't know what to do mm, <laughs> yes it was so it was so great like yeah they, and, so, and as far as big of assholes as they like to think they are they're not at all they're totally no, sweet and no. rad and they're soft um, cocks um yeah, so, um <laughs> 
You should totally listen to listener if you um you know I think I think there's just something really great to be you know learned from that about grief or just hearing someone go through grief and w- willing to share that with you you know and you can not be directly involved with what happened but you know I think it's I think it was really awesome so that's episode um, 207 um, of the grapes of rad um, now also Ben incurred uh, Ben and his wife Mel. Um, uh, they incurred some medical expenses from all this and uh, probably funeral expenses as well for little baby Phoenix was her name mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so the website I tried to link to it on I was going to read the URL but it's too long and confusing um, and then I tried searching for it on the web just the p- plain website and it wouldn't come up so I'm just going to post the link on the website on our website on dongtini.com um, so if you'd like to donate and help out Ben and Mel um, uh, please go to dongtini.com and then uh, link to uh, to the uh, the uh, fundraiser from there. So that would be really cool. Mm. Yay! Oh. Now, how did they seg out of that? How are we? They segged. They actually didn't just like cut to some seg music. They actually get started talking about something else. So let's be did. brave and not use segue music. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if they didn't, we can fucking move on. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, oh my god. What? All right. I'm jumping to something so fucking fucked. Okay. <laughs> from that. Okay. So, um, listen to Carla. Uh, I'm friends with her on Facebook. She posted uh, the. It's a BuzzFeed list. And I have a love-hate thing with the BuzzFeed list, but some of them are awesome. <laughs> there's too many cute things posted that I can't turn away. And just There's some great lists and some stupid lists. But anyway, this was the dumbest, 35 dumbest things ever said on the internet. Now, I'm not going to read all 35. I'm just going to read from number 10. The whole list is just, ugh, hurts your head. This... I thought I was gonna, you know, deliver the baby early because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> this particular one. Okay, so this is like just given. These are just these are tweets that have just been compiled. Oh boy. I love it when you can still smell your boyfriend's colon on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Got a new colon flavor today. I love the smell of my brother's colon. And I'm like, why are these people talking about their colon, smelling colon? And then I realized they're trying to say cologne. (laughs) They're trying to say cologne, but they just put C-O-L-O-N. Cologne is C-O-L-O-G-N-E. Is that it? Yeah. So So you think even even if they forgot about the G, I'd forgive them, you know. But you know they uh, they they they've just stopped at colon. You think if they put an e on the end, I may not even see colon, right? So anyway, it goes on. My clothes smell like colon. <laughs> I smell like Usher colon. Lol, it smells so good. <laughs> Usher colon. Yeah. My hands smell like colon. Oh. God. <laughs> Love the smell of men colon. Mm. Oh. <laughs> the smell of your colon is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then this might be my favorite.
favorite. I love it when a hot guy passes by me and leaves his colon smell. <laughs> How can so many people misspell that word the, the same way? It's like three letters off. I know. <laughs> I remember when um, Denise Richards had her own reality show and the soup would make fun of it. Uh-huh. Um, jo- Joel McHale, my true love, he would call it co- Denise Richards colon. It's complicated <laughs> because it, there's a colon after Denise Richards, and the subtitle <laughs> for the show was "It's Complicated." So I love that Denise Richards colon. It's complicated. <laughs> <he's called> the <laughs> it was super complicated, but it smelled really good. <laughs> Well, I really wonder. Oh, that was the best thing. Thank you, Carla, for that. Um, Now, this is a an interesting topic. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess there was a um, uh, a town hall meeting or something in Colorado, and John McCain was there, and uh, the mother of a victim um, of uh, of the Aurora shooting. You know, they stood up and asked. Mm -hmm. John McCain about what they're going to do what Congress is going to do about gun control and he said look I'm going to give you some straight talk and then said there's not going to be a, an assault weapons ban passed in Congress and anyway apparently he said something sympathetic beforehand but that was edited out in the reporting but after this anyway the husband said I voted Republican all my life I will never vote Republican again wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Greg found this. It was uh, on a thread on uh, the uh, Democratic Underground. And um, anyway, but it opened up this interesting um, topic that like, something happened to this guy that directly affects him. And uh, and now he's doesn't want to vote Republican anymore. So, anyway, so this is a, this is a um, comment on this thread. There is something defective in the conservative brain that makes them unable to feel any empathy for anyone except themselves or immediate family members. We all know that Republicans hate gays, right? Not Dick Cheney. Why not? Because his daughter is gay. We all know that Republicans consider waterboarding to be a mere annoyance and certainly not torture, right? Yet every right winger who subjected himself to it proved, uh, to prove how benign it was came out saying, I was wrong. It is torture. Why? Wow. Because it happened to them personally. Wow. And the minds of other conservatives were not changed one bit as a result. After all, it did not happen to them. Now we have the guy in this article who apparently was fine with all the horrors and violence of Republicans for years, but now must immediately leave the party forever. Why? Because the meanness and cruelty of the party was directed at his own wife, instead of at some abstract non-existent taker woman. Mm. This all suggests that the only way to get conservatives to see the truth is to expose it to expose it to each right-wing nutjob individually in terms of someone he truly cares about, specifically himself. But this will take too long. I think just waiting for them to die off is still the better course. Well, never mind that last part. But anyway, but my point is it really raises an interesting thing which I hadn't really thought about before that that seems to be like a huge difference between sort of the, the you know, the average Republican way of thinking and, and, and Democrat way of thinking or conservative and liberal and that liberals just seem way more able to sort of just be empathetic it doesn't have to happen to me it's like right. i can see that that sucks let's not let that happen to people even though it's probably never going to happen to me in my you know 
my comfortable, you know, middle class affluent neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but you know, and it, it seems kind of true that until something directly affects them, and I know people who are conservative politically who are like the sweetest people who do anything for their families, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then they're complete hot asses about all these social issues. Like they don't give yeah, a that's fuck how about I grew people. Up. That's totally yeah. how I grew up. My mom, I remember being like eight or nine and saying, mom, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans? And she goes, well, the Democrats think that we should just give a lot of money to people. And, you know, Republicans think you should earn your money. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like it was totally drilled into me that the Republican way was the better way. Because, right, that, right. you know, you're doing self-sufficiency and hard work and that has its merits, you know, and of course the system isn't perfect and the welfare system is very flawed, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, it doesn't account for the places that people start from, you know, mm-hmm. that you expect someone who starts with nothing to come and, you know, not get a helping hand that you were born with, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I just hadn't thought of it in this way of like, it's a, it's like a personality type in terms of having empathy or not you know and and I, I i was surprised this hadn't come up because in a way when reading this simple comment in a thread it seems kind of kind of obvious i don't know if anyone thinks i'm just generalizing like an idiot but it it seems like that's kind of a, a huge difference you know it's just only being affected by things that happen to you or people you care about yeah i think so. that that's what conservatives big problem with liberals is is they think that they don't want people to be individually responsible for their stuff you know um, but it's a, the, it's a personality the, type don't you think yes yeah, yeah yeah there's such a spectrum and that's that's the problem yeah. is that there's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. gray area and it's funny because um i was talking to my friend kevin today and he was saying his boyfriend majored in um, conflict resolution at portland state university and he was noticing that the more he got involved with these people who are very liberal you know it's portland they the ones who are the most liberal were really fundamentalists they're like we are not going to you know they're like um there's some type of feminist movement that was extremely hard-nosed and you know offered no grace and we're just angry and and i'm like i feel like i've run into some of those online lately and he's he goes it's just so interesting how they completely you know from the left wing the extremist thing they took the extreme white right wing posture where they couldn't move and be you know um enter into the gray space at all so um i guess you can err on that side you know if you go far enough on either direction but um yeah Yeah. i like that you brought that up because it's all about empathy and i had some conflict with a friend um a few days ago who where i felt i was just shocked at how unempathic he was Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, some interaction online and, um, I was just, I, we, he and I ended up having a long talk about it for like an hour and a half on the phone and I was, you know, crying and stuff going, I'm just shocked that I just, this has not been my experience of you, that you can't enter into someone's experience. You know, you just refuse to, he's, he's yeah. like, yeah, that's not my business. I have to draw my boundaries. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to feel what that person's feeling. And I'm just like, wow. So that was yeah. really, it was trippy. And, um, yeah, I don't think I could, me... I could turn that off, my ability to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I think that I've I've chosen to, to live with it being more heightened, like more of an empath type person. Um, and it's harder. And I was talking to my friend Kote about it. And she's like, sweetie, you know, that's beautiful that you care so much, but it makes your life harder. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, I, I have to respect that that's how he wants to live his life is not to feel because, you know, it does 
sop up emotional energy if you do it really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, even today with that accident, like, I was so mad at the guy, like, if anything happened. But, I mean, I know he didn't mean to do that to me, yeah. you know? The rear end, and it was just like, I couldn't be furious. Like, I wasn't feeling fury. I was just scared for, yeah, you know, a lot of, the safety yeah. of my baby. But I, I didn't want to, like, fucking break his face or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh. yeah. Because uh, I, I felt, I could, I could feel his, his sorrow <laughs> of what he had done, That's you know? Good. That's yeah. Good. Was he texting when he rear-ended you? I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, it just seemed like he just rounded the corner and slammed in with the, uh, like his car was not thinking about stopping. I think he just didn't anticipate that the traffic was backed up. So okay. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, now there's a big uh, kerfuffle uh, about the onion. What was the yeah, tweet did you exactly? See any of that online? Yeah, Greg. Greg sent me a, a link about it today. And yeah. Yeah, and I don't um, want to even repeat the tweet because I don't know how to pronounce that girl's name. I can't. Rep- I can't pronounce her name either. Um, Can yeah, we even talk about it? Well, we yeah, can't let's pronounce talk about the it. fucking. <laughs> we gotta fucking talk about it, even if we can't say her fucking name. So um, it was that nine-year-old who was nominated for Best Actress Oscar, and um, can't say I cannot pronounce her name. But the Onion tweeted last night, like, just admit it. This nine-year-old is probably a cunt, right? Or, or something <laughs> along those lines. And it was so yep. clearly a joke to me. It was the onion tweeting it. Yeah. Everyone freaked out. Not everyone. A lot of people freaked out. And so the yeah. onion deleted the tweet and apologized. And no, you know, these people aren't accepting the apology. And I'm like, what is going on that you guys can't let the onion say something like that? Because of course a little nine year old is not a cunt like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just I just don't. Well, not I don't obviously. That. I think there are some nine-year-old cunts, but I think when it's not directed <laughs> at a specific individual, it's easier to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like a sweetheart. You know, you saw her on the screen, and she's like, yeah, doing she's a little adorable. Pump when they close. Yeah, so I'm like, of course they weren't actually saying that about her. So, what was the article saying that you saw? I wasn't a whole article. It was just sort of a, a summary of what had happened. But I think. Okay. Even me, who loves the word cunt, it kind of, I, I did find it kind of jarring, you know, even though it's the yeah. onion, I was just like, oh, 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 like, it just kind of made me bristle, just because it just seemed, like, I wouldn't say, oh, they shouldn't have done that or anything, but I just, like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that, you know? Yeah, but yeah. it was, yeah, so, it kind of, I, I, I don't think I loved it or anything, but I don't yeah. think the backlash should have been what it was, because, as you said, it is, it is the onion, and of course it was just being absurd, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I mean, much, I but... wouldn't have favorited that tweet. Like, I wouldn't. I didn't think <laughs> I it was like super witty. It. But I would. I would have been like, ah, okay, good. I like that they're trying to like, you know, they're they're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sexy. <laughs> 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 um, it's the onion. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like onion. it was CNN or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> or TMZ. Oh, I'd be really mad if it was TMZ or the Huffington Post, but... Yeah. Anyway. Um, now, lastly, so, you have uh, some uh, custom, some ugh, consumer affairs complaints to share yes. with us. Um, they sound titillating. Titillating. <laughs> they are, because they're with Victoria's Secret, and Jonah sent me this link today. Um, where people are, it's it's these complaints for Victoria's Secret. It's just a summary of them, and I was cracking up because this lady wrote in, wrote in, um, a young woman stayed with me for a week. 
She gave my address to Jay Crew, who gave my address to Victoria's Secret. I just received a pornographic catalog in the mail. The United States Postal Service is willing to deliver materials which any young man could easily masturbate with. It is a disgusting material. <laughs> That's one. Um, next one. I am disgusted with the Victoria's Secret ads. I was with my husband watching TV and he started ignoring me because he was practically hypnotized by those Victoria's Secret models. This is a Christian home and we do not want porn on our TV. My whole family will watch my husband to see if he is staring, making me feel awful and sad. Stop the Victoria's Secret commercials now! <laughs> I like how she's making a Victoria's Secret problem and not a problem in her marriage or with her self-esteem or, you know... Like, gives a shit. Why is why is she looking at her husband, not looking at those amazing models? <laughs> I'm always like glued to the TV when that comes on. Wow. Okay, third. This is the last one I wrote down. Um, recently, I noticed my sister-in-law is getting better coupons than me, and she barely spends any money at Victoria's Secret. I wanted to let you know that it that it isn't fair for someone who barely shops there to get better coupons. This matter does upset me deeply, and today I will be shopping at your competitors. No. <laughs> I'm gonna take my business and go home. That's awesome. Yeah, that's all I got. But. I just think that's hilarious because my mom would always hide the Victoria's Secret catalog when it came. She's like, <laughs> and my dad would unsubscribe from the swimsuit issue. This is a whole Christian culture thing, right? Yeah. Like, we don't want that in the house. <laughs> I'm like, that is how you create a fetish. That is what that Seriously. does. Seriously. Did you ever get the I feeling that the maybe he did want those things and just had oh, to do that? Or do you feel like he, yes. he really believed what he was saying? Oh, he believed that he wanted those things and they were bad. And so he was going right. to, you know, deprive himself of them. And it was like a moral oh, issue. So, oh, so he, like, he was like admitting I have a problem. Yeah. Or they'd say, we don't want to stumble. We don't want to make ourselves, make our brothers stumble. That's a total Christian culture word. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so there was, there was also an element of cutting it off at the past. <laughs> right, right. Just so weak. Blows my mind. <laughs> And, um, I can't even see a woman in a bra and underwear and undies, so I just have to like totally make a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well, why do you think everyone is so weird in Christian culture? Seriously, they're so repressed. Amazing. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, please visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material and the link to donate to um, Ben and Mel Parsons uh, fundraiser. And uh, also call the Dong line, 323-301-DONG. Dong is a wiener. And uh, that should just about do it. So until the next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye.
with feralaudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit feralaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.